How is it going, my fellow league members? We are back with another podcast, and on this week's episode, we are going to start off talking about the two most recent losers in our fantasy playoffs, which is unfortunately going to feature yours truly and Mr. Kevin Ruth. But when there's a loser, that means there's a winner, and we will be previewing the third place game featuring those two losers and also the championship game. This week, it is another duo podcast because Nick Ruth is apparently not trying to mess with whatever Juju is working for him right now. So it's just Dan and I. Dan, how are you doing today? Uh, I would just like to welcome you and Kevin to join me and Zane here as we uh, represent the We Made the Playoffs but got beat for whatever uncanny stupid reason. Um, it's a very – can we should we call it the Widow's Club? Is that kind of what this is? Are we widowed? I, I mean, Widows, I like gone fishing. I'm a big fan of TNT's thing for basketball when they do that, the whole losers go fishing. I mean, we got to be careful with that because I know Kevin, and I understand that Kevin's got two beautiful babies, but I'm pretty sure the only time Kevin's ever gone fishing, he's caught just a buzz. So, um, yeah, I mean, sure, we'll, we'll do part of it, but it's uh, – it's a fun, it's been a fun week. Um, at least personally, I've made the championship game in two of my six leagues. Um, for that, and I'm playing for third place in another two. So overall, I'm doing exceptionally well. So it's been a it's been a fun fantasy year. It's sad to see it kind of come to a conclusion here in the inaugural superhero league. But at the same point in time, a lot of a lot of positivity and a lot of good things to look at. Oh yeah, most definitely. It's been a fun year. And other than I... Kevin beating me, because Kevin can still fuck off. <laughs> We can't let Kevin forget that. Nope, Fuck never. Fuck off, Kevin. <laughs> never. All right, well, let's let's talk about Kevin right away then. Because yeah. this week, Stefan was triumphant in beating Kevin. Um, it was an interesting match that was back came, and forth, close. Yeah, really but, came down to it. Yeah, but ultimately, you know, Stefan prevailed at the end. And, uh, I mean, for starters, when you look at this matchup, David Blau, or should I say Blow, was yeah. kind of the... I think that's the, the deciding, you, you know, factor in this. Unfortunately, oh, and it's especially a, funny. One other name. There's one other name that I think choked on the dick for Kevin. Well, be- before we mention another name, it's just it's funny, especially because I know for Kevin and and actually for Nick Ruth, the amount of love that is bestowed upon Sam Darnold, it's very ironic that Kevin's season would still be alive if he would have started the the Golden Child. But alas, he, he went with David Blau, a, a third-string quarterback, over the second overall pick in Sam Darnold. Who was who the other guy, Dan, that you were going to uh, f- For me, uh, Hunt, or Derek Henry. I was going to say Hunter Henry because he scored 3.9 points. but He should the bet, too. Yeah, he should Both the bet, the Hen- too. Both the Henry bros yep. suck dick. It was, it was uh, a really rough version if you were named Henry because you're an eighth old man named Henry. Uh, and, and if you didn't know that, he actually got his head chopped off just like Kevin did in this matchup. But, uh, I mean, 8.6 points, that's rough. Tannehill did everything he could to, to do it. Saquon did everything that he could. Saquon Barkley looked actually really good. Like, that was a great thing if you were Kevin, and you needed just half of what Derrick Henry has been over the last couple of weeks, and you had it, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, for Henry, this is this is kind of the downside for him. Like, he gets so much workload. But he's not involved in the passing game much. And if he doesn't get a touchdown or two, he's just going to get rush yards. And, you know, 86 rush yards isn't bad. Like, it's respectable. But that's all he got, Kevin. And, yeah, that was definitely a determining factor for 
Why Kevin lost this week? I mean, the other side, and I'll give Stefan a little bit of credit here. So Stefan started his lineup at 96.9% efficiency. There's a 69 joke in there if you're a Rob Gronkowski fan. I smiled on my end. Um, but 96.9% efficiency. Devontae Parker had a, another hell of a good week that was that was put in there. Uh, he got a really good showing out of Chubb, a really good showing out of Tyreek Hill. Um, and when the worst person you have on your roster is Melvin Gordon at 7.4 points, you've got to feel pretty good about uh, about what you got going on, right? Oh, yeah. How could you not? I mean, that's... You know, he got the win, and he yep. made all the right right calls. And yep. you know, Stefan's going to be in the championship. You know, for Kevin though, this this is it. I mean, he he's in the third place game. He'll be going up against me, and you know, he'll have a chance to get his buy-in money back. Um, but Kevin's team, when you look at this squad, there's a lot to love here. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, one guy. I mean, Saquon is Saquon. You know, this is the centerpiece of Kevin's team. But DJ Moore, oh yes. I mean, we, you know, not to kick Steve a little bit when he's down, but you know the the David Johnson Johnson trade did not work out, and you know Kevin got DJ Moore, and I think if we went back to that podcast, I was a big fan of him getting DJ Moore, and how this was maybe the centerpiece of that, and he's just blossomed into a top, I mean, maybe even five dynasty dynasty wide receiver. Especially, it, what blows me away with him is that he's doing it with such an awful situation with, you know, garbage Kyle Allen. This week it'll be Will Greer. I mean, he's he's just a stud, and Kevin's got to be yep. very happy to see the season unfold for him. Yeah, I think that's a, that's another fun one. The other guy I want to talk about is Robbie Anderson. Um, really, with Sam Darnold, this kid's just sevenfold better than what what he could be in and the the numbers he's putting up are are absolutely stunning for for what he has going on here 47 receptions 729 yards four touchdowns yeah they don't jump off the paper at you but i mean over the last couple weeks two weeks over 100 yards um just overall they gotta be gotta be happy with robbie anderson and then daniel jones has turned in an astonishing rookie season obviously with you know, a little bit of the the hiccups here as far as being injured and things like that. And part of me thinks that they're kind of holding them back just because they have nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you're you're Kevin, you got to be encouraged. 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 2,300 yards passing, um, 39 for 241 on the ground. Those are very nice for a guy that's just getting acclimated to to the NFL. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think. Unfortunately, you know, Kevin's season might be going a different route if Matthew Stafford didn't get hurt, too. Yep, he definitely hurts. rebounded well this year. And, and I mean, the late-season acquisition of Ryan Tannehill, it'll be interesting to see how, I guess, you know, yep. is he a Titan, you know, long-term? You know, is this a flash in a pan, or is this kind of the real deal? But the quarterback situation looks very bright here. Um, so, if, so if you're looking at Kevin's roster, where's the one spot that you think Kevin should potentially look at addressing either via offseason or um, draft? I mean, when you look at Kevin's team, there really aren't a lot of holes. Um, I think, I mean, really everywhere. He's got just great depth. Um, He's got quarterback situations great. I mean, the wide receiver situation, it's maybe a not super-duper elite proven players, but, like, you look at DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, and Calvin Ridley, that is a very young and great wide receiver core. 
you know, Robbie Anderson, you mentioned is great and, you know, very, you know, promising Sterling Shepard. He's kind of been up and down and, you know, had an injury plagued year, but he's still got potential. I mean, maybe if you're Kevin, you want to get someone like an Antonio Brown type. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, maybe you want like an elite wide receiver. Um, but that might be like getting a little too greedy. I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel there. Um, I guess maybe running backs, you know, you you have Saquon Barkley, but Todd Gurley's been kind of up and down. You know, Derrick Henry, maybe Kevin just wants off that ride. And James White, you know, he's, he's a great PPR back, but he's a free agent. And, you know, is Bill Belichick going to pay him what he deserves? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. The running back piece stepped out at me a little bit. It's where do you put your stock into where James White enters, Todd Gurley's knee and health. Um, how does Devonta Freeman, you know, keep healthy with different pieces of that? Um, that Dare Ongo Bobo Wale, however, uh-huh. you, Jesus. I mean, he's looked good on the opportunities that he's gotten to spell uh, the pair of the Tampa Bay running backs and. You've got to be kind of encouraged with some of that depth because who knows what's going to happen in in Tampa Bay. I mean, probably going to be drafting a running back. You would hope so. You would hope so. There's a there's because this this year's running back draft class has to be very scared of the amount of free agents that are very talented in the running backs that are existing in the NFL. Right. No, definitely. I mean, but for Kevin's team, I don't think you really need to reinvent the wheel here. No, it's just fine-tuning. Maybe a little spit shine, a little polish around the edges. Maybe a small upgrade here or there without trying to give away too much. You could be sitting pretty again. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, that was... Is there anything for you, like, he thinks or you would drastically try to do or change if you were Kevin? I would just continue to make sure that that you have your ducks in a row, and if a, if a move makes right to severely upgrade a position, he's got the pieces to do it. I think of of a couple teams that I that I really like, and it pains me to say this because I fucking want to just light ninety five percent of his team on fire. Um, it's there are a lot of really deep pieces that he could use to upgrade for a, a stud piece. Yeah, and I mean looking at the draft picks this year, it looks like he has two second rounders. I think he has yours. Dan actually and he looks like he has his own so this draft class is looking pretty good I mean that's you know two pieces that Kevin can kind of keep reloading with young talent which is always nice Kevin's in a great spot um as long as he doesn't get his Grim Reaper status on I think Kevin will be back next year and um, uh, maybe I'm the not favorite gonna be as optimistic just because I'm still bitter but <laughs> it, is it, is. it is it is what it is Fair, fair enough. Let's move on then to the other matchup, and yeah. that that featured the battle of the Knicks, and Nick won. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was the wrong Nick. And Nick, Nick lost Ruth. too. Yes, uh, Nick Ruth, you know, beat me. It uh, for my team, it was just kind of one of those weeks that the guys, you know, I didn't get the stud performances that I get from a lot of guys on a that I was used to at the regular season, and and that'll happen uh, yeah. for Nick's team. It was. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, kind of justified the, the trade. You know, he, he put his big boy pants on, you know, scored over 30 points. But outside of that, it was just a lot of steady performances. And, you know, it added up to the high score. Well, the second highest, no, third highest score of the week. But 
first among all the playoff teams. So, yeah, at, at this point, though, I, I'm going home. I'm going to the third place game. Uh, you know, I'll let you kind of take the lead for here, Dan, you know, with my team. What do, what are you thinking? I mean, I'll, I'm going to look at Roos' team first a little bit and just say that, again, he picked at 92.9% efficiency. That's mm-hmm. not too shabby with that. Um, Baker, obviously, wasn't uh, as great as Baker that we thought about. Uh, I went really heavy on the fact that the Dallas would would kind of do Dallas things. That was the previous week and whatever. Um, but Dallas looked good with, mm-hmm. with everything that was going on with it. He got okay performances from a lot of his things. But, yeah, the Kelsey piece played off, and and was good and you give credit where credit's due a little bit picking again at 92 and 96 percent efficiency wins you championships and you try not to get cute with it but the dalvin cook thing for you had to had to hurt just a little bit on the inside the same thing with the robert woods piece uh, i mean just two two pieces that are there and my question for you is just what happened to amari cooper i mean it's kind of been that the dallas offense i feel unfortunately the outside of really ezekiel elliott it's just had a little ups and downs and ebbs and flows. I mean, this last week, obviously, he scored under three points, but against the Bears, he bust out 20. Against the Bills, 16 and a half. I mean, he's he's not the he's not a top five, you know, no-brainer, get things done week in and week out, but he's more times than not, I think, among a top 10, top 12 wide receiver, so... Yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, this was just a down week for Amari. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's it kind of is what it is. There, you got good, you got pretty decent quarterback play. You know, Darren Waller showed up just like he's shown up a lot of the weeks of the year. Um, so I mean, it's just a it's just a rough week, man. Like I feel for you. I've been there. You don't catch the matchups. You don't catch the 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 picks and the plays that you want to, and you end up sitting on your fucking couch swearing at another team. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. The Delvin Cook thing, obviously, was unfortunate, especially when Mike Boone comes in and goes for 19 points. Yeah, that hurts. Wouldn't have closed the gap on this matchup, but it would have made me be mad at Amari Cooper or Robert Woods. But, all right, let's... I'm still playing, you know, next week, you know, third place game, but for the future, you know, when you look at my team, you know, what, what needs to be done, you know, can I get back to the promised land, get back to the playoffs, or are there some drastic kind of overhaul changes that need to be done to make that a possibility? Oh, I think you're definitely built for another playoff run. I think the additional depth pieces are going to to help. A um, lot of young talent, a lot of, lot of good talent. Looking at what it is, I mean, you've got three stud quarterbacks, so you're pretty much covered there. None of those guys seem to be in jeopardy of going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs, obviously Dalvin Cook's going to be a top five running back. James Conner, if he can stay healthy. Um, Sony Michelle is going to be interesting again this offseason to see kind of how that all plays out. Yeah. But after that, uh, Patrick Laird, maybe, question mark. <laughs> Raheem yeah. Mostert's looked relatively good. So I could see you definitely looking at an additional running back depth, running back depth piece. There we go. Yep. English is fun. Um, but from a tight end perspective, you've got to kind of like a little bit where you're going with Hawkinson if he comes back healthy. Darren Waller, obviously. Jared Cooks had a resurgence. Mark Andrews has looked exceptionally well. And then you've just got a young wide receiver core that 
again, if you look at the fact that, hey, I just need these guys to put up anywhere between 12 to 15 points a game, you're not sitting mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think if there's a spot, it's definitely the running back position, uh, whether it's an upgrade or just another depth piece. Um, for Sonny Michelle, it was definitely a disappointing year that to you know, not go quite as how I would expect, but... The workload's there, so I hope maybe the this offense, the Patriots offense, has been very disappointing at times that maybe they all kind of get it together next year and Sonny can be a, a beneficiary of a, a much-improved offense. Yeah. If you would th- – so I'll ask you this. If there's a guy that's on your roster mm-hmm. that you'd be willing to move to upgrade your running back position, which, which one guy or two guys do you think have the highest – return on investment yeah um i mean i guess let's start with like players i wouldn't move i think deshaun watson and dalvin cook are probably as untouchable as it gets for my team i just think they're the kind of focal points and super duper elite at the position so i'm not inclined to move either of them everyone else is fair game i think the first spot is kind of natural to look at would probably be my quarterback position because i've got three you know, I might be biased, but really borderline or elite players and Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. Um, I think those are three top 10 dynasty quarterbacks. So maybe I look, I would look to maybe move one of them and, you know, see what I could get back from, um, in a sense, uh, or from a running back perspective, or maybe I package that for a running back and maybe a lesser quarterback. I don't know, but I think that is maybe a, potential option that I could explore with some other teams potentially yeah I, I mean I think so I guess I for me I look at maybe a uh, uh, a Jamison Crowder and maybe a Jared Cook yeah would be, would be two of the guys that I think would be kind of interesting especially if you could move him for maybe like a guy like Kenyon Drake depending on where he ends up because he's looked he's kind of a wild card and a and a gut play right now mm-hmm. but it's hard to argue against what he's done in taking over for a, a David Johnson, and uh, I blanked on the other guy. Dave, um, David Johnson and yep, the other guy. You got Chase Edmonds. Thank you. Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Thank you for your help. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing how you can send the wavelengths through your mind. Oh. Um, but I think that those are interesting pieces, and and do you take the flyer on them? Yeah, I mean that's definitely an option to go. I think I've got you know just wide receiver depth as a whole. I don't have super duper elite you know top five wide receivers but i've got a lot of wide receivers in the maybe top 25 range um so maybe one of them especially some younger guys could make some sense um yeah i think i'm not in a bad spot but unfortunately i don't have any draft picks in this deep 2020 draft class which is kind of unfortunate because as i've just begun you know kind of or not begun, I've been digesting it all year, but it's just, it's a very solid class, and it's only continuing to get more solid as these prospects are declaring, and I'm going to be very envious of some of these teams making their selections. Yeah, it should be fun. All right, so then before we jump on to, I guess, let's pre or previewing kind of the, the two games this week, the third place game and then the championship game, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the rules discussion that we'll have in January. Um, So obviously this is the first year in the league and it's a learning curve for everyone. And 
myself included, you know, from for my perspective in the sense that setting up all the rules, it's not going to be perfect. Some are going to work, some aren't going to work. So nothing is 100% set in stone. If we want to change something, we will. If we decide that we don't want to do a super flex league, we can change that. Now, obviously, some changes might take a year or even years to implement because you got to be cognizant of some of the roster constructions that have gone into it. But the general point here is that we're not married to any change or rule and we can adjust things if needed. Um, so with that in mind, there's two things that I have kind of on my little note list in terms of things that have kind of been a reoccurring um, talking point for some people in the league. And the first would be divisions. And that's kind of all encompassing, you know, how are we feeling about divisions? Do we want to be adjusted? Do we want to do something drastically different? Um, so that's something that's very high on the list that will be discussed. And the second one, um, you know, that I know this has been a very source of criticism for some people would be how we handle or how we hand out the rookie draft picks, including how we assign the, the first, second, third, fourth, blah, 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 draft picks. Um, right now it's based on potential points. Um, but again, that's something that can potentially be adjusted and we're definitely open to having discussions on that. So those are kind of the two main points that we'll definitely talk about, but again, open to more ideas, you know, would love to have ideas. So if you have those ideas, you know, feel free to throw them out in the group chat, you know, we can get some conversations rolling. Um, but the official kind of the meat and bones of, or meat and potatoes of a potential rule change happening would happen probably around this time next month, you know, middle of January, kind of after the season has died down and people can kind of had a second to sit back and relax. Uh, but we'll find a date, you know, throw it out there. Anyone that can attend, you know, it's more than welcome to show up and voice their opinion. And, you know, maybe we'll iron out some changes or maybe we'll be like, this is the best league ever and we don't have to make changes. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's it's just doing your homework, really taking a second to digest and think about the things that you really liked, things that that you see other fantasy leagues doing potentially that you think would be a cool investment. And then we'll tell you how much you suck and how stupid you are. Um, and then we're going to leave everything exactly as it is because that way I can win next year and not have any shame about any of it. Of course. All right, well, let's jump into... The two matchups of the week. Um, one obviously pales in comparison, and that would be the third place game. Yep. And that is featuring uh, Mr. Kevin Ruth and yours truly, Nick Weir. Uh, Dan, I'll let you kind of start with the, the breakdown of this. How are you feeling about this matchup um, on paper? Well, I th so the one thing I want to start with is I'm really excited there's no Thursday night game. Because I've mm -hmm. never been a proponent for that. And any team that plays on Thursday night, I think, is a distinct disadvantage because you never see really, really big points come out of them. Obviously, there's a few anomalies with part of that. But I think that Like makes, Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar week. Jackson. <laughs> but we're not going to give additional credit to, to that guy. Um, you know, but he's damn good. Yep. Um, and I only say that because I, I potentially have to play against him. So I'm really hoping he doesn't do shit. Uh, but that's just me. But anyways, um, so Houston, Tampa Bay, uh, obviously you've got a guy going on Saturday with, with the different pieces to it. Um, mm -hmm. Matchup wise, uh, I look at who's playing San Francisco. That's going to be the Rams. Oh, Todd Gurley's in this matchup. That's not fun with it. So then I look at, okay, who's got to play Buffalo? That's the, uh, 
the New England Patriots. Oh, fun fact that they also play each other, so that really helps as part of it. But um, I think from a face value with it all, I think you've got to like the fact that if you're the Giants, you're playing Washington. Oh, yeah. That's kind of nice. That's a very juicy matchup. When you look at the Baltimore side of things, Baltimore is, looking through my schedule here, they are at Cleveland. Another very nice, juicy matchup here. I think this matchup comes down to, can we find Todd Gurley? Or not Todd Gurley, I'm sorry, Amari Cooper. Because <laughs> he's been MIA, and I've said this you know, earlier as part of this podcast, and you guys all think I'm a fucking moron, which I'm okay with as part of this. But Dallas is at Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a porous pass defense. Um, I'm going to take – well, I won't give a give a analysis yet. There's a lot of good matchups, and I think there's a lot of good matchups that slightly favor your team, Mr. Weir. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I'll leave it before I let you talk and make my pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think for me – yeah, I've, I've got some favorable matchups, which are nice, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to boil down to if Delvin Cook plays or not. Um, last I saw, it's kind of questionable that he is. Um, and if he doesn't play, I really just don't like my chances. Um, but if he does play, I- I'm feeling pretty good. Um, the Amari Cooper one matchup against the Eagles, I'm glad you touched base on that. I need to see a big game out of Amari Cooper, I think, to win this week. Um, I know right now the MFL app is projecting him to score 12 points, but I'm, you know, realistically expecting over 20. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, but again, I, I think it comes down to Dalvin Cook. Right now I'm operating that he's not going to play, so I think Kevin's going to win. But if he does play, I like my odds. See, I hate these things when you guys don't pick certain people because then I have to fucking mark it down that says, oh, shit, do I have to watch Delvin Cook? Yep, I have to watch Delvin Cook this game. I'm taking you. Um, I think there's a lot of additional pieces, but I also think that um, there's a couple additional matchup pieces, like a Jared Cook that could be very interesting. I understand Tennessee has a kind of a tougher defense, but he's kind of resurged mm-hmm. with that. Nikhil Harry has a really, really, really rough matchup, but at the same point in time... I mean, I think you might be able to potentially sneak in a Raheem Mostert start, maybe. That could be very interesting with that. Um, If you're Kevin, the... I wish... I want to tell you to play Robbie Anderson, but I just don't like the matchup. That way it, it bothers me a little bit, but Calvin Ridley is dead which sucks. He's an IR, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking you for that reason. It, if, if Will Disley was playing, I'd be all over it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like a lot more of your matchups, and I like the a little bit more depth options that you have. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see any glaring start sets, you know, questions for, for Kevin. Um, I guess the one interesting thing is he's benching Kenny Galladay. Um, he's obviously, you know, I think scared off from what he saw from David Blau this weekend, but understandable. But I mean, he is really the only option. Um, so that could maybe come back to bite Kevin in the ass. I don't know. Um, but yeah, give me Kevin as long as Delvin Cook doesn't play. Yep, I have that marked. All right. Well, now, you know, if 
Can you give us give us a drum roll, Dan? Beautiful. Don't quit your day job. We are here for the championship game, the first inaugural championship game featuring Nick Ruth and Stefan. Uh, it's very ironic, I think, that it comes down to these two teams because after all the moving and shaking, you know, the regular season, you know, trades, all that, we go back, you know, to that night in February when we did the startup draft. I think the two teams that everyone liked was Stefan's team and Nick's team. Obviously, there's been a lot of parts that have moved since then, trades, you know, the rookie draft, um, injuries, but it's only fitting that I think it comes back to the two teams that everyone liked. I think the other interesting piece to that to, to be this guy is when we did, I don't know if you remember this podcast, but we did a power rankings and hey, we're going to, who would you take if you had the first overall pick for part of this? Yeah. You want to know who the first two teams taken were? Nick and Stefan. Nick and Stefan that way. So it, it, these two teams really kind of surfaced around. They got hot at the right point in time. And this gets very, very interesting as we begin to look at the different opportunities for each of these teams, where they've got success at the pieces that they've acquired to get them there mm-hmm. and how lucky they can be at being efficient on matchup ratings. Well, let's, how about we start with Stefan's team? Yeah. Um, how are you feeling as you look at these matchups for Stefan? Sure. So let's start quarterbacks. Brady and Goff. Yeah. Oh, God. I, it, if we had, like, sound effects, it would be, like, the screeching, wah, like, wah, tire wah. or that one. Because this, if there's a position that's going to do Stefan in, it's yep. the quarterbacks. This, <sighs> first of all, Tom Brady and Jared Goff have been wildly inconsistent this year. But then add to the fact that they both have very, very, very difficult matchups. Yep. Niners and Bills. Neither are rollaway defenses. That's rough. And, I mean, let's just say it. I mean, do you consider Jacoby Brissett against the Panthers? That's I think not... you absolutely consider Jacoby Brissett, 100%. And the question is, is where do you hedge your bets? Do you hedge your bets on a guy that has proven that he's stood the test of time, he has the ability to go through and do it, or do you – or do you take the guy that was a flash in the plant pan last year and he's coming back and he's had one, two, three, four games over 20 points the entire season? Um, I would sit Goff between Goff and Brady for Brissett. Interesting. I would sit Brady. I do not like this. Congratulations, Stefan. This is called modern psychedelic warfare right now. <laughs> we have just fucked with you even more. Um, it's I uh, yeah it's a coin flip. It's where do you hedge your bets? Do you like the fact that that I mean both of them play Saturday night. They're not even getting that full additional rest piece to it as mm-hmm. we talked about. So it's where do you hedge your bets on it? Yeah, I, I don't envy Stefan for making those decisions because that feels like it's going to be something that very cut and dry could decide this matchup for him. Let's move on to the running backs though, and. Again, more question marks, unfortunately, for Stefan. You know, is Josh Jacobs going to play? I, I don't think he plays, no. Unfortunately, that's the hard part about part of this. That uh, that doesn't look good. But at the same point in time, conveniently enough, sitting on the bench is DeAndre Washington. So Stefan handcuffed himself in a very decent spot to be able to get part of that. Oakland plays L.A., which is, which is there. Chubb's got a rough one against Baltimore. But Leonard Fournette is playing Atlanta. That's a 
That's a good one. Melvin Gordon is playing Oakland, so you've got to hope that Melvin gets a rebound game. Fournette has a decent game. Um, uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting. Chubb's got a rough slate, but Nick Chubb's proven to be relatively relatively good. I mean, he went through. He's put up 39 points against the Ravens in Week Four. 20 rushes, 150, 165 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Can it happen again? Probably not. Yeah, but correct. That's can, where I was at, yeah. <laughs> but but he can still probably get a very good matchup. So, I mean, all in all, I think Stefan has to feel good about his running backs. But, yeah. you know, Josh Jacobs, you hope, plays because he's he's good when he plays. Yep. And he, DeAndre Washington, it's good that he has him, but, you know, he's DeAndre Washington. Exactly. Now, I want to talk to you about a guy that got paid. Okay. His name is Devontae Parker. Uh-huh. I... Cincinnati, I like Devontae Parker in this matchup. I think Devontae Parker could be the highest scoring player in this matchup. I'm going to put that wow. out there. I think Devontae Parker could absolutely be the highest scoring player between Nick and Stefan's team. Interesting. Hashtag I, I have prediction. A, I have a different player that would be my highest scoring matchup for at least Stefan, Stefan's team. Okay. Um, uh, is it Cortland Sutton? Nope. Well, We'll get to Zach Ertz then in a couple minutes. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I do, I mean, it's a juicy matchup for Devontae yeah. Parker. You know, Fitzpatrick, you know, could feast on that awful Cincinnati team. Um, and Parker has been just dominant, you know, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. Yep. he's He's been very consistent. Um, that Outside of that Jets game, you know, week 14, um, which was kind of surprising. That was a very weird game. I, I don't know what... Did he leave injured that game, I think? Potentially. Yeah, yeah, concussion. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So that makes sense. But outside of that game, I mean, he's been a model of consistency. Yeah. Like, since week 14, pretty much 11 points or higher. And it looks like on paper the average is probably 15, 16 points. Um, yeah, he's he's got a great matchup and got to be feeling great about that. I mean, Tyreek Hill against the Bears, that's, that's not a great matchup, but the Bears just eliminated from the playoffs you know chiefs need to win the hill should get his thing and it's tyree kill that yeah. man just needs a foot and a half of space and you can't catch him but mm-hmm. then zacherts against dallas go ahead I, I mean this is the pick i mean this is a must-win game for philadelphia um running the ball might be difficult so you got to go to your old reliables and i think this is going to be a zacherts and dallas goddard game and you know when Carson Wentz gets scared and even flinches. He just throws it to Zach Ertz. So I think this could be a 12-catch, 150-yard, one-touchdown game, you know, something obscene. So Zach Ertz would probably be my pick for Stefan's highest-scoring player, and, and I think he probably needs to be if Stefan wants to win this week. Yeah, if, I mean, if he can if he can get 25, 30 or 25 out of Parker, Hill, and Ertz, you've got to be feeling pretty decent about what you're doing. As you look at Stefan's team, we talked about, you know, the quarterback position, you know, and mm-hmm. potentially going with Jacoby Brissett. You know, any other guys, you know, on that bench that you consider? I mean, Ronald Jones. I mean, Latavius Murray has, you know, Alvin Kamara we could probably devote a podcast to because he is just not getting touchdowns. But he's Murray's been solid. Um, I mean, 
Jamal Williams, Brandon Cooks. I mean, there's options here. Golden Tate yeah, against Golden Washington. Tate. That's Tate's kind of juicy. One to me. Yep. Um, I, it's there's a yeah, there's a lot of different pieces here that are interesting. I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would roll Lat Murray. Okay. But I would say that. Would you roll Golden Tate over DeAndre Washington if Jeff Jacobs is ruled out? No, I would roll DeAndre Washington. Okay. I, I like the I like the matchup against LA. I think the, he's proven that he can get volume with it. All right. No chance you'd consider Tate over Sutton. I like Sutton as well. Okay. I like Denver uh, even. I, he big play is big play Slay gonna play because that could be a shadow, but I. I think he got put on IR. Okay, well, if that's the case, then you've got to like the fact that Drew Locke can kind of feast a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I don't think I would make a change. Um, actually, I take it back. If Josh Jacobs is rolled out, I would go with Golden Tate. I like I like Washington. And I would definitely go with Brissett over Brady. I, I'm going to take Brissett over Goff. Okay. All right, then let's move on to the other matchup, and or the other team, and let's talk about Nick Ruth's team. Can and I do the chant? Can I do the chant? Do your thing. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Okay, I feel better now. Fair enough. Ah, uh, this what a fucking matchup Gardner Minshew has. Well, he's Nick's going for it. He is benching. I like it. You know, I like it. He's benching his team's name. Captain Mayfield is Captain Benchfield. Yes, and it, it and Eli is also sitting on the bench there with a start this week. I like the Gardner Minshew play. I really do. And I like, and Dak's got to put up, just like you said, with with what Ertz needs to get. Dak's got to go through and and do it on his side. They got to win the game to get in. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's look at the quarterbacks. I mean, right now Nick's going Gardner Minshew and Dak Prescott. I like the two choices. I would start both of those. I would agree as well. I think Eli's it's... close for me though, but I'm gonna. I think Gardner has Minshew mania and magic going on. I, Eli's not close. I'm not putting my championship <laughs> on the line with Eli fucking Manning. Baker Mayfield, I'd consider. I think there could be a lot of garbage time here. But I, I'm with you. I think I'd ultimately go with Dax a no-brainer. And I think Gardner Minshew's got a great matchup. Uh, I, running backs, I... I yeah, I mean... Well, let's okay. Well, for starts, it starts great because Joe Mixon against Miami. That's that's pretty solid. Mixon has really he hasn't had too many knock you out of your seat type performances, but he's been very rock solid, pretty much scoring like five, seventeen points. Five games below ten. Five games below ten, but you look the last what is it? Seven One, two, weeks. Three, four, five, six. Last seven weeks, he's only had one game below ten and six of them above 17 points yep. and Miami's a pretty good matchup um I, I think you got to be feeling pretty comfortable about that one if you're Nick um he's a stud and I think you got to expect him to perform here uh but Singletary that's that's Does. where you kind of avert your eyes because this might be a, a defensive struggle and yep. Singletary might not be doing much this game. so the big question is he's got to start another guy so mm-hmm. who's that guy are you gonna say you? it I I want to say it it's Carlos Hyde, right? Oh, no. I went with Boston Scott. Well, the funny thing is, I think I would start both of them. Carlos oh. Hyde and Boston Scott. Well, we'll get into who we would replace if you start both of them. But I like the Boston Scott play. 
Okay, and so that'd be your next choice. Right. That guy's been dynamic. He's since he's come into to taking care of this, torched the Giants, put up decent numbers against the Redskins. The great part about that is is he has the ability to catch the ball as well, which helps. Six receptions two weeks ago, seven receptions last week. That's that's big in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and give me the reason why you're playing Carlos Hyde. I mean, I don't really have like any reasons. It's more so because I hate Devin, Devin Singletary's matchup, matchup against the Patriots. Yeah. Um, Carlos Hyde, he doesn't have a great matchup himself against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think this is a must-win game for the, the Texans. I think it could be a little bit high-scoring, some points out here, and I think Carlos Hyde will probably get a touchdown and to go with like 60 yards rushing and like a catch and... I think he's got a pretty high floor, whereas Singletary is got a low floor but a high ceiling. Maybe Nick feels like he has to roll the dice. Yeah, I, I, wide receiver wise, John Brown. Fun fact: he plays the Patriots. You know it's who plays great. for the Patriots defense? Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. That's defensive player of the rough. year. Oh God, you can't feel good about that. I think Stephon Diggs also has a tough slate in Green Bay. Um, I, I, I think this is a rebound game for Green Bay, um, mm-hmm. just as far as the they almost choked away a, uh, a guaranteed win where they were shitting on Chicago for the first half and just all of a sudden just fell asleep. Um, I think they I think Diggs has a rough slate. I like Washington. I think this is an interesting way to look at this guy potentially. What did he put up last week? 13 points against the Bills, 5 for 83. I think the Jets give him a, a favorable matchup mm-hmm. with it. Samuel has obviously has a good matchup. Um, I could be swayed a couple different ways off of this. It sucks losing That's, Mike Evans. I don't. I don't really like Samuel's matchup, especially with you know at Indianapolis. I don't trust Kyle Allen. Well, yeah, Kyle Allen's the more piece. It, to that, it. See, that's the problem. It's it's Kyle Allen. And, yeah, the Colts did just get torched, but they got torched by maybe the best quarterback. Yeah, he he's elite. Kyle Allen doesn't hold, you know, Drew Brees, like, jockstrap or sock. They're not even remotely similar. So, I mean, I I don't think I would – like, this is where I would start. I would go with Carlos side, and I'd go with Boston Scott, and I would done bench Singletary. And Curtis Samuel. Now that's me. I'm probably crazy. Yeah. Um, but then you have this last guy. His name's Travis Kelsey. He's kind of yeah. good. Fourth hundred or four thousand yard receiving. Lowest amount of fantasy points he scored this year is eleven point eight. Uh, at home against the Texans, where he had four catches. Um, mm-hmm. you've got to kind of like the opportunity here. The Bears linebacker core is a little beat up. Um, you got to like that matchup. Is This is a tight end fucking haymaker of a, you know, Brocky matchup where fists are going to be thrown back and forth between these two tight ends on who's going to be the better, more impactful player. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn. It's, yeah. Damn. This is a fun matchup to look at. Both guys have really good matchups and on the flip side they've got a lot of matchups that kind of suck balls it's going to be very much a toss up and a very close matchup and I think it is 
you know, as we've just went through each team's, you know, positions and, you know, the bench or starters, they've all got a lot of options. So I think going back to your whole, you know, efficiency, you know, an optimal lineup, I think that's what it's going to come down to, you know, who makes the right calls. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to have a Jamison Crowder that goes off on your bench for 30 points. But that is never the right start against a tough team. But for these two teams, they've got several guys that I think are very, you could justify starting them. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who who makes the right call, who has, goes with their gut and it works out, and who is crying for this offseason because they made the wrong call. Well, I think there's a, there's a couple other people that want to make a couple calls with us this week, right? There is. So I, I went through and I actually asked everyone in the league, you know, to give me their prediction on who they thought was going to win. And along with like a brief, like maybe a little comment on what they were thinking with each team. So I'm going to just go through each team and, you know, kind of give their, their, their prediction, their call. Um, so we'll start with Kevin and Kevin was very original. He said, he's going with Nick. I can't go against my blood. Okay. <laughs> um, Zane is going with Nick as well. Cause he wants to go with his, he, he wants to stay in the division. He said, Marvel division for life. Sam though said fuck that, and he's going with Stefan. He said he could never pick a team that was against his Mark Walton trade. <laughs> fuck, let's not re-go back down that route. Jerry was also very vindictive. He went with Stefan, and he said, "Fuck Nick for trading me Derek Carr. I fucking want to kill you. Ring out your neck." You piece of fucking... Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, man, that was my rant. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like father like son on that one, yeah. Chris went with Nick. And Chris didn't give a response. He's very efficient with this time. He just said Nick. Respect. Stefan... Or I'll save Stefan and Nick's yeah. back. Um, Armand went with Nick. He thought it was going to be a very close matchup. But at the end of the day, he thought Nick was going to persevere. Adam yeah. also went with Nick. You know... They're just not getting original. Steve said he did like these insane amount of calculations and talked to his bookie and then his bookie's bookie and gave him an even line on this game. And ultimately he ended up going with Nick on this matchup as well. So let's, should we want to do our picks? Do we want to do their picks? Uh, Stefan and Nick's or where should we go from this? I mean, I, Obviously, I don't know what either of them picked. I would assume that they each picked themselves. They did, yes. They okay. they both Nick or Stefan was very political. He thought it was going to be a close matchup, and at the end of the day, he thought he would be able to persevere. Nick's uh, texting me was basically, "Fuck it, I picked against me the entire time. I'm going to mix it up." And he did picked he pick himself. Himself the entire time. Like, I'm going to fucking. And but now he's picking himself. He's oh, going no, he's, with me. He went, he's picked himself four times to win, three times against himself, and he's three and four. So odds don't stack against him for picking him himself. Like You I know, think, just he's in the championship game. He, he can live his best life. I believe in statistics, and yeah, and I'm obviously sitting here picking not in the championship game, so fuck everyone. All right, well, then that leaves us. So first of all, how are we standing? It sounds like Nick is kind of the overwhelming league favorite. Uh, so right now it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to three in Ruth's favor. 
which is an so, overwhelming piece to it. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the teams, I think it's a very close matchup, but I think Stefan has the better roster as a whole. Um, outside of the quarterback matchup for this week, I think Stefan's got, you know, <clears throat> some superior matchups at the running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. But goddamn, do I fucking hate his quarterback matchups. And that is enough that I'm going to give the edge to Nick. And I think Nick is going to get it done in year one. And um, yeah, Nick Nick is my pick. I'm going to go the other route. I will take Stefan. I think, again, I'm going to say it here. Devontae Parker leads the entire matchup in points. I think. Devontae Parker's the X factor. He's helped carry it through the last little bit of this thing. Understanding that yes, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, that's that's a big downside. I don't like a lot of the receiver matchups. I don't like some of the options as far as running backs that go on here. But it's gonna be a hell of a matchup. What is, do you have the Vegas spread? Like what is with the current lineup at least that's set? So the current lineup ha- Vegas spread has um Flash Gordon, Stefan. By 10.7 points. Jesus, that's a big fucking spread. <coughs> I I think this. I think right now, if I were to lean the different pieces, I would say the line's almost even. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I would probably, with confidence, give four points to Ruth to take Stefan. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm taking Nick. I think Nick's X Factor is going to be a person that I advocated him starting for two-thirds of the year. Gardner Minshew is going to go for 27 points and carry Nick to a victory. Well, 8-4 is what the, the picks are. So 8 for Ruth, 4 for Stefan. All right, we will be back next week to recap how the season ended. And, yeah, best of luck to Nick and Stefan, and no best of luck to you, Kevin, because fuck you. Fuck Kevin. Adios, people.